You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode 279. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today I have another fantastic guest, and we're talking about a very important topic. So I have Katie Saltzman on the podcast today, and we're talking about healing and trauma and the experience of going through something really difficult and coming around and out of the other side of it, maybe even better than you were before. And Katie has an amazing story. You can go to her podcast to listen to the full experience, but she dealt with a very emotionally abusive boyfriend and got herself out of that situation eventually, but it left a lot of scars on her. And today in the podcast, she opens up really candidly about that experience, about the things that she learned about herself, learned about herself through that experience and the growth that she's been able to have and really turn that you know terrible experience into you know, something that she's really proud of and a person that she's really proud of. And so I'm really grateful to Katie for coming on the episode and talking so openly about what can be such a difficult topic, but one that I think we just don't talk about enough and um, wanted to broach that subject on the podcast. At one point on the podcast, Katie talks about being a people pleaser and how that led to some of the decisions that she made that she looks back and, and regrets. And I wanted to point out episode 253 that I recorded called, Are You a People Pleaser? This episode's for you. So if you find that you identify with some of the things that Katie is talking about with these people pleasing tendencies and really shaping and molding yourself to be whoever the other person wants you to be, I really, really highly recommend that episode. So it's episode 253, Are You a People Pleaser? This episode is for you. Now, without further ado, let's jump into the interview with Katie. All right. I am thrilled to welcome to the podcast, Katie Saltzman. Katie, how are you doing? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. We were just talking before we hit record about how excited both of us are about this topic. Me, because I'm excited to have um, this conversation. And Katie, because she says, and when you're in the fitness industry, people ask you like the same 10 questions over and over and over again. And this tends to not be some of the questions that people ask. So we're going to kind of dive into a topic that we both feel is very, very important, but is not talked about nearly enough. And that is trauma and healing and that that messy, messy process of trying to put yourself back together and, and what it can look like. So if you feel like you've had some trauma or some experience that you're still trying to process in your life, you aren't alone. And Katie's so been so wonderful to come on the podcast and be able to share her experience with that today. Yes. I'm excited to support all the women listening. Awesome. Okay. So tell my audience a little bit about yourself. Give us a little introduction. Who's Katie and what do you do? Yes. So my name is Katie Saltzman. I'm a personal trainer, nutrition coach, also a fellow podcaster, which I love. Um, and I help women really step into their happiest and healthiest selves. And the reason I think this topic is so important was because 
you know, as a trainer and as a nutrition coach for so long, you focus a lot on the physical. And I didn't realize how important the mental and emotional was really until I started to go through stuff in life. And I started to go through trauma. And I realized that I was approaching something that needed some deeper work with only the physical. And it was actually my hardest moments of my life, but the ones I'm most grateful for, because now I get to help women dive deeper into what they are going through and what's really holding them back. It's so good. And I, and I don't think that you have to go through trauma to really see that link between the mental and the physical, but I think yes. so many women get into their fitness journey thinking it's all just a physical. And I think they're yeah surprised and shocked when it, when it has a lot of those mental aspects to it. And, um, really getting clear about that and working through some of those mental things is what's going to catapult mm-hmm. your physical success towards yeah. um, what you want. Um, I- So I wanted to have you on today to talk about healing from trauma. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't have to necessarily dig into all the details. You have some really fabulous podcast episodes that we can link to in the show notes. If people want to go, you like recorded your full story so they can go to your podcast to hear that full story. But Mm -hmm. I want to give a little bit of context to the conversation that we're going to have around trauma and healing. So can you give a a brief overview of your experience and um, some of your past with emotional abuse? Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, like, like Amber was saying, I am really sort of an open book. I tell my whole story on my podcast, but I would say the basis of my story is, um, not living a life that fully aligned with me and really focusing on a life to try and make other people happier and getting into really toxic situations because of that. Um, so I, there was a period of time in my life where, um, I went through a divorce. I got out of an emotionally abusive relationship. I literally moved my life from Michigan to Denver without knowing a single person, um, in this city I'm in Denver now, but I literally drove across the country in an SUV to a city where I knew nobody and started a new chapter in my life. In that process, I also hired a moving company that stole all my things. Um, so it was oh like, my gosh, was, I know, I know it was a moving company that had like five star reviews. They packed up my life to move it to Denver and it never showed up. And I say now that when you lose everything, you gain the ability to build the most beautiful life. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't that easy when I went through it. And I went through a period where my body like started to physically shut down on me because I was under so much stress. And I had to, I was still trying to do the same thing, show up for myself in the same way as like go on my, you know, working out five or six days a week. And all of this ended in me losing my cycle, my hair starting to fall out. And as a trainer and as a coach, you think you're doing the right things. You're like, what is, what is going on? Like I'm, I'm showing up for myself in a way that I always had, but I was dealing with a nervous system that was overwhelmed with trauma and overwhelmed with stress. And I was addressing it the wrong way. How were you trying to address it? Or were you trying to just sweep it under the rug and pretend like everything was fine? So part of me is like the sweep it under the rug. Everything is fine. I'm really open and vulnerable about my story now. But one thing I say is I wish I would have been more open when I was going through it. Mm. But I was still very much in the phase where I was in shock. And I also didn't, I never wanted to come across negative, right? Mm -hmm. So I was just like slap a smile on your face. Nobody would have known what I was actually going through when I was doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if anybody, you know, resonates with this, but I'm a little bit of a control freak. I like to know the outcome of a situation. Um, And this was completely out of my control one, but the reason 
I, I know a lot of women go towards the physical way. I was trying to address it with like, oh, I'll just change my body. I'll just look better online. I'll just, you know, increase my business. I was trying to address it in that aspect because I think as women, we feel like, hey, something's going wrong in my life. Everything feels out of control. What do I have control over? The way I look, the way my body feels, how I can do that. And then when that starts to fall apart and you no longer have control over that, you really start to kind of lose everything. Yeah. I, I, that feeling of like wanting to be in control is such a, a basic human desire, like to want to try and control everything. And then you realize that in reality, really very, very little is within your control, but we like to have yes. that illusion of control yes. <laughs> that we're, that we're in charge. Um, so healing is a really broad term and uh, obviously can look different for everybody. And um, yes. so I want to talk specifically in your situation, what did healing look like for you? What did that process look like for you? And what are some of the resources that you had helpful, found helpful as you went through that process? Yeah. So healing, you're right. It is a really broad term. I think healing trauma, this will look different for every single person. For me, my healing came with truly finding who I was again, which would have been, if you would have known me, you probably would have been, your jaw would have dropped because it's like, how does this 30 something girl not know who she is when she has a business and she's helping all these women. But the thing is, is I built a life and a business on what I thought other people would want to see. And what I thought I should be my whole life from growing up really conservative to trying to be in these relationships where I was trying to be somebody that I wasn't and only make someone else happy. And I had done this my entire life and I realized it was a pattern. And I'm not saying the emotional abuse was my fault in any way, shape or form. Um, But I'm saying that I played a role in who I was, you know, trying to fit into a box this whole life. Um, of somebody that I wasn't. So my healing journey was like, I am 30 something years old. I have lost it all. I have one chance to really rebuild this and find who I am. And I wasn't going to screw that up. And um, for me, I hired a therapist that was trauma informed. I hired a self-discovery coach and I went on a mission to find who I am again. Who is Katie? What lights me up? What do I like to do for fun? I, I didn't know any of those answers because I had found myself in other people my whole life. Um, And I'm in a city where I'm living on an air mattress because all my stuff is gone. I know not a single person and there's really only up from there, but I had an opportunity and I realized not everybody's opportunity is going to be this extreme, but I really got to understand what things, you know, I think we tend to blame. Like I thought so many of my problems were a Michigan problem and then when, or a relationship problem. But then when I came to Denver, I was like, oh, that's actually a Katie problem. That's actually something that I brought with me and carried with me. So healing for me was finding who I am again, working through um, limiting beliefs and what's holding me back and finding what truly lights me up. That's so good. A lot of the women who listen to this podcast, not all of them, but a lot of them are moms. And I hear some of the same patterns with a lot of moms where you spend a lot of your time living for other people. And when you turn that question onto them of like, who are you, especially outside of the realm of the identity of mother, it's really hard to figure that out. And, and they don't really have an identity out of that, out of motherhood. And so I'm, I'm curious if you could, if you could go back to kind of just the very beginning and, Mm -hmm. and think about some of those questions maybe that you grappled with that helped you kind of start that discovery process of who you, who you are. Are there some questions that you can remember that you can give to my audience that they can start to mm-hmm. grapple with as, yeah. as if, if they feel like they're, whether it's trauma, uh, whether they just feel mm-hmm. like they've lost themselves because of kids or other things. Yeah. What questions could they start to be asking themselves to kind of grapple with that question of who, who am I? 
That's a really good question. So I obviously, I don't have kids. Um, I have nieces and nephews that I'm absolutely obsessed with, but for me, so much of my life and my identity was tied to being a trainer and working out and having a perfect body. And when I was going through all of this trauma, I, like I said, I lost my cycle and hair and I had to stop working out for three months. I was only allowed to do walks in the sunshine. I put on about 15 pounds, which was very hard for me to wrap my head around. I went from training six days a week, teaching classes all the time, you know, teaching 10 classes a week, this high energy person to barely being able to get out of bed, losing my identity, losing who I am, all of my things. And I had to really like untie my identity from the things around me and really like dive inward. So one of the questions that my um, self-discovery coach asked me is she said, Katie, what do you do for fun? And I was like, oh, we still have that. Like, I don't like what's fun. (laughs) I'm like, so I work and I work out. And she was like, let's take working out and your business completely out of it. What do you do for fun? And I, I genuinely didn't have an answer for her. And I sat there and I'm like, how do I not know what I do for fun? Like that, that is wild. I'm not really a drinker. Like, I'm like, I don't know. I go for coffee and a walk. Like, is that an answer? So I had to dive deep and I was like, well, when was the last time I actually had fun? And I started to remember these times when I was like younger and dancing with my friends. And that to me was fun. And if you watch any of my reels or stuff online, I'm always being silly and dancing. Um, and, and part of the reason is going through this journey. So I decided at 37 years old, I was going to sign up for a beginner hip hop class. And let me tell you that like their term beginner, it, it is not a beginner class. It was, <laughs> like, if this was on video, I would pay to have like somebody burn it forever because it, I was so out of my element. But what was really cool in that moment is I did have fun and I grew and I actually ended up going back. And now it's one of the things that I do all the time is dance because it brought me so much joy. So I, I think a question would be untying yourself from all of the things around you is one what do you do for fun? What brings you joy? How can you create that in your life? And two, one of the questions that she asked me that was really helpful was how can you find magic in the mundane? So you're living on an air mattress. You're in a city where you know nobody. You feel alone. And and whether that's like, obviously that's nobody's scenario that's listening, but a lot of times I think we feel alone in life and we feel like we've lost who we are. Um, And it's also like, how can you find magic in your day-to-day? You know, we're not just here to check things off a to-do list constantly, um, and being able to find magic in those moments and do things for yourself and put yourself first in the small ways to find who you are again, to find that person that you lost, I think is one of the most important ways to not only start to find who you are, but start to heal the parts of you that need to be healed. That's so good. So good. So I was listening to one of your podcast episodes recently and you said healing is not for the weak. And I, I loved that. I love that statement. So can you expound a little bit more on that? Yes. So healing is not for the weak. And I think that on Instagram, healing is glamorized. Like it looks like rainbows and butterflies. And like healing is a lot of like days where you're a sneeze away from an ugly cry on the kitchen floor and you can't get out of bed and you don't know what to do and you're not motivated and you're working through things. You're actually feeling feelings. And the reason I say it's not for the weak is because we are so conditioned to cope with emotions and push them down. We're conditioned to numb. We're conditioned to scroll, to have a glass of wine, to relax. We always have a TV, a screen, a podcast on, which look, some of these things can be positive additions to our life, but a lot of times they're just coping mechanisms to not feel and heal what we actually need to. Um, So healing isn't for the weak because it requires you to get uncomfortable on a consistent basis. It requires you to face your demons to actually understand what's going on. 
I say it all the time. I say the more we heal, the more, or the more we feel, the more we heal. And a lot of times we're not feeling the emotions that we need to. We're not, we're afraid to be too much, too emotional, too this, too that. And it's like, we actually have to get those things out. It's the reason one of, you know, my, my podcast is called crying burns calories. I'm always talking about how uh, there's like nothing better than an ugly cry sometimes. Um, but I think as women, we need to support that. Like we have to be able to feel these emotions and we live in a world where it's so easy to cope and numb. And it is a hard thing to do to not do that and actually face what you need to face. But also what's on the other side of that, um, is the most like beautiful growth. So one thing I think that women don't understand about healing, because I think we say the word like healing and healed as if it's a one-time event that, Mm. oh, you crossed the finish line and you're now healed. Congratulations. And you've been really open about sharing that there are still circumstances and experiences that trigger you. Mm. And that, you you know, just because you feel like you've done all this work and and had a healing journey, that doesn't mean it's over or that it's never going to crop up again. So can you share a little bit of of what that has looked like for you and kind of normalize that part of the journey? I think healing, it it is a constant journey, 100%. And we're always like shedding layers of ourselves and evolving into new versions of us. And I always thought there was an end point and an end goal. And now I don't want that because if I've ended that journey, to me, I've ended my growth. So the fact that you're still on a healing journey, I, I, you know, work with so many women that are like, yeah, but this happened five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. And you have to understand when you start healing and you become intentional about these things, like when I was healing from the trauma that I went through and the experiences that I went through that shook my life completely upside down, I wasn't just healing from that. I was healing to why I got into that. I was healing childhood trauma. I, you know, you start to unleash these emotions and it's like peeling back the layers of an onion on all these things that you start to recognize. So a lot of times on your healing journey, when you dive into it, it gets a lot worse before it gets better. And then when you feel like it gets better, all of a sudden you're on the kitchen floor, ugly crying your mom, like I was three months ago. And I'm like, I don't understand this happened 16 months ago. Why am I still crying about this? But you have these moments that remind you of something that was a trigger or that was a moment or a memory. Um, And the thing is, is as you go through the healing journey, the more, again, you lean into those, the quicker you're going to get through them. So before where that ugly cry would have knocked me out for two weeks, now it was like just one call to my mom and I felt better and I got it out and I was able to get up and keep going. Um, But it's understanding that there will always be those times and moments and that's okay. It doesn't mean you're not healed. It actually means you're healing. That's so, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, And he, I love this idea of healing rather than healed (laughs) because I think it does really speak to that idea that it is, it is a lifelong process. Mm -hmm. I think it's just like growth. It's it's not like, oh, I grew personally and now I'm done. Like you said, it, it is a, it is a continual journey. Is it a continual process that doesn't end? No. And, and I think we always look at it as such a negative thing. Um, and, and one thing I do that I think is really important to talk about healing as we talk about healing and like the messiness of it. And I think that's where a lot of women get stuck to where, why they're not seeing the growth that they need to see. So for example, part of my healing journey was my self-discovery coach, my therapy, diving into triggers, um, you know, going through, talking through situations that I had went through and abuse that I had went through. But that is just 50% of it. The other 50% is 
what is what your life looks like moving forward is the life that I want to create is the fun and the freedom is the new patterns that I'm developing. You know, I went through a period of time where I was single for 16 months where I actually wanted to focus on myself. These things are so important. And it's the other part of healing that we don't talk about is the growth is the life that we want to create. So I think it's important to remember that like, yes, healing is a journey, but it doesn't always have to be like stuck in the muck. It doesn't always have to be the ugly stuff. It can also be like, Hey, part of your healing journey is finding who you are again and the life you want to create. And that's the really exciting part. That's really awesome. So I have kind of a, 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 I don't know, an interesting question. I'm just curious about your perspective on this because I kind of heard you mention it earlier when you talked about um, your role in the experiences that you had, right? So there's this balance between recognizing and not blaming the victim when it comes to some sort of abuse situation. And yet mm-hmm. I heard you kind of mention it in a way of like, somehow taking some responsibility without yeah. taking their responsibility, but, but being able to just like get out of the victim role of, of saying, Oh, these things just all happened to me and, and taking a more empowered role without getting into like, it's all my fault. So I'm just curious if you have any insight into that, that balance, that walking that balance between victim blaming, blaming and taking ownership for what you can control in your life. And if you've seen that play out for yourself and how you found that balance as someone who was a victim, Yes. That's a really good question because I I think for a while you do want to only blame the other person. And while I do um, put, I guess, a lot of focus on not blame on him, like he's responsible for his behavior. Of course. It's also that I went through wildly abusive situations, right? Somebody showing up to my house with a sledgehammer and holding me up against a wall. and, And then you're dealing with a woman, me, who takes somebody back after that consistently time and time again. And it's like, what about me? Did I believe that I wasn't able to walk away from this? You know, why did I think, why did I accept the bare minimum? Um, And why did I believe somebody that only showed me something different? So that was my responsibility. And in, okay, so this happened to me, I can accept this. I'm not blaming anybody for this, but also how do I not repeat the same pattern? And this can be in any aspect of your life with abuse, with trauma, with the way you approach your health, with your morning and nighttime routine is you have to take part responsibility on why these things are happening. And if you don't want them to repeat, then you have to change something about the way you're behaving as well. I can't control his behavior at all. I never want to, but I can control mine to never get myself in that situation again. So I had to dive deep into what parts of me do I need to fix to make sure that I don't go through that again. Yeah. So so it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing is almost like he is responsible for what he does to you. And then your responsibility starts there for what you're going to do in the future. It's like, how, what can I do to not continue to repeat this pattern in the future? Yes. So yes. it's not necessarily blaming you for anything that happened in that experience, but it's thinking, it's, think, it's forward facing, it's forward yes. thinking. How do I not continue to repeat this pattern in the future? And I think that's, that's beautiful. A hundred percent. The version of me now would never, ever accept that. But I was a very unhealed version of me where, um, not that I thought it was normal behavior, but I was accepting the bare minimum. Um, and I was doing that because I was dealing with a lot of insecurities and things in my life that I had dealt with for years and years and years. And I was trying to cope in a certain way too. Yeah. So, so interesting. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I, I, it's, it's always been that like balance that I've tried to like wrestle with myself. And so I, yeah. I love the light that you, sh- you shed on, on that. Um, what are some of the specific lessons that you have learned? I know you've talked a lot about growth and you've talked about, you know, generic lessons that you've learned, but can you think of any specific lessons that you've learned 
as you've focused on your own healing, as you've learned more about yourself, is there anything that comes to mind that you're like, this is a lesson that I needed to learn that I learned through this process? Um, I think, I think all the lessons, all the things that happened were lessons that I needed to learn. Um, I think a really strong lesson was realizing how much I was attached to materialistic things, um, Mm -hmm. and not understanding that like I hadn't, I, again, I, I hadn't built who I was. I had built a life based on the people around me and based on the materialistic things. And I didn't really know who I was. And when you stripped that all away, you had a really, really empty person and woman, uh, and I didn't realize it till I lost it all. So for me, it was understanding um, that like finding who you are in life, like nobody can take that away from you. People can take things away from me, relationships. Like I think my biggest fear in life would be to have all of my stuff stolen. <laughs> and I've like checked it off the list. And like, that happened. <laughs> and you're yeah. still here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So for me now, like I built such an authenticity and a confidence in who I am as a woman that nobody can take that away from me. You can take whatever you want away from me, but I think we're dealing with women that are feeling so empty with who they are that when you lose things, when you lose relationships, you completely break down and lose who you are. And I understand that because that was me. And now I'm at a point where nobody can take this away from me. So I think that was the most important lesson is like, um, you can't take away truly like when you know who you are and when you're strong in that, and when you're showing up as your most authentic, confident self, nobody can take it away from you. That's awesome. You mentioned it before of the impact that the unhealed trauma had on you physically and your physical body. Mm. What experience did healing have on your physical body? Like, what was that link? I think a lot of people don't recognize that there is such a link between the, 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 how the body perceives and deals with trauma and how that can mm-hmm. show up in your physical health. And I'm just curious of that, that shift that you saw from unhealed to healed and how it manifested in your body. Oh gosh, it was, it was a wild journey. And I feel like if I even dive into it, it would sound super woo woo, but I have always been a really in shape, fit person, loving fitness, high energy. I'd never been through a point in my life where I was having trouble getting out of bed. My energy levels weren't there. Wasn't getting my cycle. Hair was falling out. I had all these things happening and I was being told that I wasn't allowed to do the one thing that I loved. I think for most women, that would be, um, that would be a really hard thing. So I had to step back um, one and just understand like how important the mental and emotional aspect of it was, but two, understand what trauma does to your body. And we're dealing with a generation for a lot of women that have years and years of trauma. And this is where the calories in, calories out debate I come off the track with, because if we're dealing with years of stored trauma in our body, it, it can be stored in a lot of different ways. Um, it can come out in weight gain and autoimmune diseases and thyroid conditions and hormone imbalances. Why? Because this trauma causes this increase of cortisol over an extended period of time. It causes a tense body. It causes a nervous system that's consistently in fight or flight, even if you don't feel like it. It can cause a lot of health issues outside of just like the way your body looks. But I think a lot of us were only focused on the way our body looks. So we're like, oh, my body looks a certain way. Let me use this diet to fix it when what we really need to do is actually regulate our nervous system and release the trauma from our body. So we're able to live in a normal state all the time, which looks very different because we've been taught, hey, you you need to diet. We can fix this with like macros and exercise. And I think those things are amazing, right? Like I think having structure in your nutrition and exercising for movement and releasing serotonin and dopamine, these are all great things, but it's like putting a bandaid on a bullet hole if you're not addressing your nervous system, holding on to trauma, 
the cortisol it's causing in your the cortisol spike it's causing in your life. Um, and also like just your body's ability to feel good every day. That's interesting. I have to imagine that coming out of an abusive relationship, learning to trust yourself and your judgment in, in the future, like that had to be a process that you went through of like learning to rebuild that trust with yourself. So can you speak to a little bit about that experience? Yes, this was a really, really hard one. I had wrapped my head around the fact that I was going to um, be by myself forever. And I was okay with that. I, again, in my self-discovery, um, working with a self-discovery coach, I, she had me do these like funny challenges. I had never gone on a date by myself. Um, and if you've like never gone to a restaurant by yourself, it is an awkward thing. And I wasn't allowed to like scroll on my phone. I had to like actually sit there by myself and go on a date, which was a bizarre experience. Um, but I had really committed to like a year of being single and I didn't want to get on dating apps because for me, that felt really inauthentic. Um, I'm very big on like genuine connection and in person, but I got to a point where I felt so safe with myself that I had kind of boxed out everybody around me. And I told myself it was going to take a really special person to get me to feel safe and like let my guard down. Um, and anybody listening, I, I know there's a lot of nightmare dating stories and I chose not to do dating apps. I had said over and over again, I'm going to meet someone drinking coffee. Like this is the one thing that helped me believe in manifestation because I actually did meet somebody drinking coffee. And he's like the most wonderful man. But um, the thing is, is I was at a point, what's really cool is we were both at a point where we were two healed individuals coming together in a relationship. And I think a lot of times we have two broken individuals coming together in a relationship, trying to heal and fix each other. And that will never work. You will only repeat patterns in different ways. So I think the most important step is, do you know who you are? Are you fully healed? Have you taken that time? And if not, if you're not having any luck, like finding somebody or finding that happiness, like that's number one. And then number two becomes a lot easier. That's awesome. That's so good. Uh, okay. One of the questions I like to ask my guests is what are some of your current fitness goals, health and fitness goals? Mm, this is a great question. So I'm actually at a point where I have, like I told you, I had like put on weight, taken this big break. And my goal this last year was just to gain strength again, not working out for three to four months and then starting a slow build when you were used to like higher strength. It, it's It's taken a lot for my body to get there because I couldn't start with my five workouts a day. I had to start with like two workouts a week and build up from there. Um, but I'm just at a point where my hormones are finally like at their prime again. I've completely healed my body. My hair is coming back, all these exciting things. So I'm at a point where my fitness goal actually is um, to see a little bit of strength and to like, I would say composition change. I'm okay with saying that like composition change is part of my goal now because I've done the work, the pre-work, for my body to get where it wants to be. Um, do I want to be where I was at before? No, because I think I was doing too much and an unhealthy amount, but I just want to be at a point where I'm consistently um, getting stronger and feeling better. So fabulous. All right. Well, if people are wanting to find you, where can they find you? Yes. So I have a podcast called the, the Crying Burns Calories podcast. And then I also have an Instagram. I am Katie Saltzman on Instagram. You can connect with me there. Um, send me a DM, say hi, whatever you want. Awesome. And we will link all that up in the show notes. Katie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. This has been such an excellent conversation and one that I think a lot of women need to hear. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. What an awesome episode. And I really am grateful to Katie for coming on and talking so openly about her experience and about the things that she's learned through that process. 
we never want to go through hard things, but I think she would even admit that what has come out of this hard experience has been beautiful. And sometimes those hard challenges really shape and mold us in a way that we can look back, Not maybe not when we're going through it, we can look back and say, yeah, that made me who I am today. And part of me is at least grateful for going through that experience. So I'm, I'm so grateful for the conversation that we were able to have today. If you love the podcast, quick request to just take three to five minutes, rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on and leave a review of how you like the podcast, what you think about it, what you want to hear more of. Uh, I read those reviews and I am really grateful for those of you who take the time to do that. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hey friend, have you heard the news? We have a Biceps After Babies Radio insider list. If you love Biceps After Babies Radio, you don't want to miss a thing. Head to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash insider to join the group. You'll be the first to know all things about the podcast, see some behind the scenes, and get special messages from yours truly. We want to make this a special community for those who are fans of the podcast. And last, did this episode particularly resonate with you? If so, will you please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your family and friends why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at Biceps After Babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.